It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. It's been an interesting wildcard weekend, and we're going to cover it all for you. Uh, you have me, Ryan Tracy, from RGR Football. You have Chris from ChiefsDigest.com, as well as Seth from The Athletic, who covers the Chiefs uh, in depth every week. I know there's a lot of new folks listening to the show this week. We want to welcome you all. We appreciate your time and you checking us out. We're going to get into the weeds today uh, about this Colts matchup, a, a little bit about individual players. I'm sure uh, we'll have some differing opinions. But real real quick, uh, before we get to that, I just want to mention the fact that uh, the Chiefs had two of their former offensive coordinators go head-to-head in Chicago. And uh, it turned out to be kind of a barn burner of a game. We just finished watching it as we record this. At least I did anyway. Uh, and I thought what you saw was some creativity from both Doug Peterson as well as Matt Nagy. Um, a lot of execution fails, I felt, on the players' part. But what were you guys' takeaways from seeing these two former coordinators go on to their own head coaching gigs? Doink. Sorry, I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I could not resist. Sorry, Bears fans. Uh, yeah, man, what a, rough, what a rough way to do it. And can you imagine how Nick Foles... I mean, he gets an extra $250,000 because of a doink of a field goal. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, Nick Foles is, I don't know what he's done or who he promised something to or what. But or man, who, who that, he sold his life to or his soul to. Yeah, that guy, he just cannot stop winning games that he's got no right winning. Because in this case, it wasn't even because he played particularly well. I mean, it was just, I, it's just crazy to me, but I, yeah, I never went down to Georgia. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Um, I, I overall, I mean, I thought there was some creativity. There were some execution failures. I do think when you watch Peterson, especially after his first year and then as Andy and he, you know, the offense has kind of branched out. I think you can see why there's really only one Andy Reed because Building layer upon layer of that good an offense and then continually updating it every year is very, very, very difficult to do. And I don't think Peterson's as good at it as Andy Reid. And I, I'm guessing we're going to see that with Nagy as well. Certainly a possibility, although the Bears had a lot of money they get spent on a QB because they have a young guy at the helm right now, uh, much like the Eagles do, although... It uh, looks like they're probably going to lose Nick Foles in the offseason, um, and Carson Wentz will have to be that guy if he can stay healthy for them moving forward. Big if. I mean, at this point, longevity has to be an issue for him, but 
You know, we're not, this isn't a Bears podcast. This isn't an Eagles podcast, but we want to point out that a lot of these things, the, these tight games, playoff games, we have two offenses that have been good over the season. Things tighten up come playoffs. And I'm very keen to see, uh, first, Seth, what's your reaction to understanding that this interesting Colts offense is going to come to Arrowhead to face the Chiefs? You know, that, that Colts offense, they're really well coached. Um, they, they're, they're very creative. I got a chance to watch most of the Houston game, um, or the, the, the Houston Indianapolis game. And I will say, I thought the Texans played the, the, especially those first few drives. And I thought it was very well called by the Colts, but I also thought the Houston's looked, the, the Houston's, <laughs> I also thought the Texans looked completely unprepared for what they, what was thrown at them. They, they didn't defend the edges well at all. And, and they just, I mean, they didn't seem, particularly prepared to defend rub routes. It, it was, it was, it was interesting. They didn't look particularly well coached in my opinion. And Chris, do you share that? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, one thing I want to throw out there and I know we're talking about that game, the Colts and the, and the Texans, but I, I do want to say I was wrong. Uh, Foles got a, a half a million dollars for that win Jeez. as opposed to 250,000. So my apologies on that. I also want to point out, Something that Seth tweet, retweeted. Uh, it's from Rick Gosselin, who does a great job. He says, welcome to the playoffs. During the NFL regular season, there were an average of 13.5 penalties per game for 115.1 yards. Through the first weekends of the playoffs, there were an average of 9.7 penalties for 75.5 yards. That is a huge deal for Kansas City, considering they're one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. And I think that's going to also play a big role in this game. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I can agree with that. That would too. really favor Kansas City. They've got a really grabby secondary, and, and not just grabby. I mean, they're, they're playing. They have to be scrappy at this particular point. And you know, we can start breaking it down. Where do you want to start, Seth? Offense or defense for the Colts? Um, I I don't mind talking about the offense first because I think that's probably the one that people are the least worried about, and it's also what I happened to write about this week. You don't say. So, and where would that be at? Yeah. Uh, that would be at theathletic.com. Um, and if people are interested, what was that site again? Theathletic.com. Okay. Not to be confused Thank with you. the Atlantic. You know, if people are interested in subscribing, we've had a bunch of people sign up for the playoffs and stuff. Um, with the art, to look at the article I'm, I'm describing, there's always free trials when you click on an article. You can always do a free trial to look at it. And if you really like what you see when you look around, um, you know, you can always subscribe. It ends up costing you like three bucks a month. And for that, you get not just our Chiefs coverage and our Royals coverage and, a ton of good stuff for Kansas City sports coverage. You get the national stuff too, the fantasy football stuff. In my opinion, it's good stuff. I, you know, but you know, maybe I'm biased, but I know I actually use it. So, <laughs> um, so one thing that I did, uh, this week in, you know, the exclusive type of uh, coverage that you can only find at theathletic.com was, um, I wanted to take a look. The Colts play a ton of cover too. So I watched the, the Texans game and I just noticed, man, they're playing cover two constantly. And I noticed other people were talking about it, too. And so I went back a little bit, and, and I found this has been consistent. The Colts play more zone than almost any other team in the league. And I, I, I thought to myself, man, from what I remember, from what I've charted, Mahomes has really tore up cover two. He and Kelsey um, together, correct? Yes, he and Kelsey together. Hill also does a lot of damage on the boundaries in those intermediate zones, right, between the safeties and the underneath corners. Um, Hill does a ton of damage against them too. Plus, I mean, they, they just, they, they, they do a lot of things where they play numbers games against cover two. 
where, you know, you end up with trips on one side or the other. Um, and so what I wrote about is just the various ways that you can attack the cover two and how the Chiefs have this year a ton of their big plays. If you just, you know, you know, look up on, on, on game pass, you know, big plays for Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, a lot of them are against cover two. And so I'm really curious to see what the Colts decide to do. It's a tall order to change up your entire defensive philosophy for one playoff game. At the same time, the last team that played just a ton of cover two against the Chiefs that I can remember that I've charted was the Steelers in week two, and they eviscerated it. They just destroyed it. And they spent a lot of this year really jacking up cover two every time they saw it. Now, not literally every play, but plenty. And so I'm very, very curious what the Colts decide to do there. And you're also not, you also haven't mentioned Sammy Watkins, who I still think is back for this game. Right. Which I I, I think with or without Sammy Watkins, I think they tear up a a basic cover two zone. I think they destroy No, I agree. But I do think that his addition back and getting him involved in this game, once they, if they get past this game to the AFC championship, could pay huge dividends getting him back involved in the offense. Oh, it's a huge deal. Definitely a huge deal. His ability to create separation on his own, uh, to be in the right spots. His, his ability after the catch has been something they've really missed because, uh, Robinson is not great after the catch. Conley's not great after the catch. Uh, Benjamin, we're, I'm happy if he catches the ball. Um, and so really they, they've missed that, that Watkins, he's much more explosive after the catch than say Conley. And he's a much better open field runner in terms of, of finding the right spots and shaking tackles than Robinson. And so he being back would be a huge addition. But if you, if you check it out, some of the various ways that, uh, you can take a look at the athletic.com. Um, I, I wrote about it fairly extensively, building on some of the work of a friend of, friend of locked on chiefs, Mark Schofield, who he, he actually wrote a wonderful article like five years ago on beating cover two. And with his permission, I use that almost as a basis showing how the Chiefs have done it all year and how I think that could play out if the Colts don't change something up drastically prior to the game. Well, I have a feeling that's that's exactly what they're going to see. It is, like you said, difficult to change. You could drop into a cover four. You could try to do a little bit more mismatch or or route match out of that shell in particular, but but you're going against, like you said, what their tendency is. At the at the end of the day, you are what you are. You can vary a little bit, but you can't reconstruct right. the whole thing at this point in the season. Right. It's just too late. And and you're asking for trouble if you do, because then you're asking for blown coverages as guys forget their assignments. I, I'm down with that, personally. Yeah, yeah, I'd be fine <laughs> with that. I, I'm very I think, okay. I think all of us would be. <laughs> I think all of us would enjoy watching that on Saturday. Uh, I know we need to take a quick break, but I want to throw this out there. Did either of you see uh, Peter King talking to Patrick Mahomes about his no-look pass? I did. It was fun. And Peter King came out afterwards and said that they didn't practice that shot at all. Mahomes hit a trash can from 23 yards away, not looking with one throw. Yes. You know, nothing someone says about what something Patrick Mahomes does with a football would surprise me at this point. I just want to say I do that every day with a napkin for my coffee cup. So let's let's not get sure. out of sure, proportion sure, sure. here. Sure, sure, sure. I can see it. You know, it's the same thing. <laughs> it is. It's basically identical. And folks, we want to make sure to remind you: 
of, of course, for all you new subscribers, hit that subscribe. Make sure you get us, whether it's on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you are. And you can even, even use your smart device to listen to Lock on Chiefs if you asked it to play it for you. Actually, I do have one more thing to chat with you guys about because I just got to know if you saw it. Um, but we'll take a quick break first and then I'll, uh, I- I'm going to, I'm going to interrogate you guys to see how closely you follow me on Twitter. The NFL playoffs are here and it's time to get into the action with my bookie. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around watching the games this year. Not this year when the 53rd Super Bowl is right around the corner. It is really the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props in the business. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during bowl season, you got to go to MyBookie. We trust them, but you don't have to take our word for it. Check them out for yourself. Join now, and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for bowl season. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON25. At MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so what is this thing that you need to tell us? Are you guys a fan of the opera by any chance? I like Pavarotti. Do you do you enjoy a little Pavarotti? I especially like him in the Hunt for October, that particular. <laughs> I I just have to, I I had my crowning achievement. It's all downhill for me at this point, and I I never say it because it's it's impossible to describe in a podcast. Please tell me you guys saw. What 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 Clay Wendler and I put together? I did see it. Uh, I, <laughs> I saw your original. Um, I never got. I, I will admit, I never. I saw the tweet come out. I never got a chance to go back and rewatch the entire thing. But I did see it started with the play against Denver in 2017, where uh, one of their corners just came off or just was walking away, going, "I don't know what to do." Yeah, just shrugging his shoulders. Yep. I created art, Ryan. I love that. It's called, and it's actually my pin tweet. Like, this is so absurd because it's not really what I normally do. But I, I created something called the Agony of Mahomes with the help of Clay Wendler. And I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. What is it? Pagliacci? Pagliacci? The, uh, mm-hmm. One of the most famous uh, operas that, that uh, Pavarotti ever sang. It is a compilation of defenders shrugging, punching the ground, throwing their hands up in exasperation with Pagliacci playing in the background. And I'm telling you, it is literally the greatest thing I've ever done. And I've had five kids. I have done a lot of my life. This, wow. this beats it all. This is the best thing I've ever done. And so I just, I want to tell everyone who's listening, please, for the love of God, check it out. Especially if you're nervous about the game, because it will make you smile. And Clay helped me out with it a lot and was very cool with like the visual audio stuff. Because as Ryan and Chris are well aware, that's not really my... <laughs> that's not your forte. I, I, 
I just want to say, bless you, Kaiser children. And um, <laughs> it, 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 it's strange bedfellows, you and Clay working on project together. I'm going to have to go watch that eight times. <laughs> you, you, you'll have to take a look at it. It and is you, awesome. And, and you have to know, Ryan, his wife is not in the room because I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, she's aware of how proud I am of it. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, and so, but yeah, so that I like the Chiefs offense against the Colts defense. And, you know, you never know. It's the NFL, right? You never know. Okay, but let me ask this. On paper, it's a great matchup. Let me ask this real quick. With scoring being down in the first, in all four games this playoff season, do you mm-hmm. see that being a something that continues this next weekend? I could actually, because the NFL is weird like this, I could see an overreaction and see the refs getting flag happy again next week and seeing an overcorrection. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not talking uh, the, flags, but I, I I see what you're saying on that. I meant score wise. I I know, but I think okay. the flags. I think that directly affects it. I think okay. when you see defenses allowed to play as as hardcore as there, and here's the other thing: you got to remember the four quarterbacks and offenses that were on a bye were Tom Brady and the Patriots, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Jared Goff and the Rams, and Drew Brees and the Saints. No, I, I agree. Mean, That's a great you point. Know, most of the video game offenses weren't playing. The Chargers have a really good offense, but they were playing a great defense. And now it's the interesting thing. Defense wins championships. The best defenses are all gone. You know, and I'll take the money and run on that particular aspect. Thank you very much. Because I think, <laughs> like we might have seen earlier, I think it comes down to uh, Captain Andrew Luck versus Captain Patrick Mahomes. And it, it really is about who can maintain their offensive uh, pace really. You have some right. some good defenders on uh, Indianapolis's squad. Uh, all credit to middle linebacker uh, Leonard. Uh, great pick on their part. They took him higher than I would have, and, and he certainly panned out. But I think it's about keeping pace. Is is Andrew and his crew of, of skill players able to keep up with Patrick and his? Right. I, I think it could well be a shootout, and I'm not sure I see them being able to do it. The, the Chiefs' defense has been better at Arrowhead. You guys and I have talked about that ad nauseum um, in terms of even how they've outperformed, you know, against other teams' averages that they've done better. We've talked about that a ton. I, I think that despite that, though, I mean, the Colts are really well coached. Andrew Luck's a really good quarterback. I think this is going to be closer to a shootout. A lot is just going to depend on, you know, whether Mahomes is jittery early. You know, there's just a lot going on there. You know, we've seen Mahomes get a little too amped up at yeah, times. And we talked about that on Monday's show. I have to ask you, though, Seth, are you looking forward to the Quentin Nelson-Chris Jones battle? I am. That'll be really interesting. Um, Chris Jones, throughout the last two years, um, even though there are obviously some players that have done better against him than others, this year no one's been able to block him effectively. No one. Quentin Nelson might be the best guard in the game right now, though. And he's so unique in that he's incredibly powerful. And Jones is generally able to overpower people. And then he's able to use speed moves set up by his ability to overpower people. So that'll be a really interesting matchup. I'm curious how the Chiefs play that, um, whether or not they try to use a variety of stunts or something like that to try to mess with Nelson. Because while Nelson is bigger and more powerful than even Jones, I think Jones is a significantly better athlete. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. And again, I have never seen a guard that all game has been able to prevent Jones from running over them at least a few times. Not once. Doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Gabe Jackson or, uh, or Aussie over in, in with the Raiders. 
he's always able to get his eventually. I I agree with what you're saying. And I think really it comes back to, uh, like you said, can Patrick Mahomes and the offense get off to a good start where they can protect their defense, keep them off the field a little bit, get some things done, get points on the board. And really, if they can't, I think it becomes a thing where, like we saw against those Texans, the Colts are able to run the ball, control the clock a little bit more. And I think it gets you into these matchups that we saw late in the season for the Chiefs, the last month there, uh, before the Raiders came to town. And I think that's really, it's, it's that, uh, landmine they need to avoid as far as I can see. Not letting the other team control the clock. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the biggest thing with controlling the clock and Ryan, I know you and I differ a little bit in terms of our, uh, of our opinion on, on how situational football is affected by this way and the, in that way. I that's personally am of the, I'm personally of the opinion that, that allowing the other team to pick up first downs constantly is what skews that. You know, whether yeah, teams are running the ball, passing the ball. And so I think the Chiefs defense on third down and even fourth down is going to probably be not the determiner because the Chiefs have a good enough quarterback to even if the defense is terrible, they could still very easily win the game. Mm-hmm. But if they are able to show up on third down, I think the Chiefs win that game running away. Well, let's hope that you're right, because I agree with you. That third down conversion rate is, is probably the key statistical look. It, right. Looking at this particular game, whether it is run or not, but I just look at the time of possession in terms of if they can grind out four yards to carry and they do continue to make those third down conversions. I think that's where it puts the Chiefs in a bad spot. So if you're Kansas City, do you and you win the toss? Do you defer or do you take the ball in the first? They I, they defer. I would be stunned if they did anything different. You let Arrowhead do its thing while the crowd's crazy. Now, there's always the risk because, you know, what we saw against the Titans last year is as soon as things started to go wrong, like the crowd felt nervous. And I don't think that helps the players. I don't think it hurts the players nearly as much as some fans do. But I don't think it helps. At the same time, I don't think you change up what's been what's worked for you. True. Looking forward to being yeah, I like that as well. Yeah, you are going to be on scene, aren't you? I am going to be on scene. Okay, that's going to be a lot of fun. That the scenario. And folks, we're going to have a great post game for you, one way or the other. Uh, whether Chris is from the parking lot on a telephone, we will find out. But uh, we're going to take our second break. Before we do that, I want to make sure that you all know that we are coming at you every day, this week, next week, all off season. We will switch to the draft after the Super Bowl, and we'll have all kinds of information, analytics, etc., for you. Uh, we'll have insight from Seth over at The Athletic. I think that's where he writes, as well as everything Chiefs-related from Chris on Chiefs Digest and all my RGR football videos on YouTube. Uh, appreciate all you new listeners. We're going to take this break. We'll come back, and we're going to talk a little bit more specifics. We have a powerful new feed to tell you about. Check out Locked On NFL Net on Twitter. It is all the inside information from our hosts for all the Locked On shows for all of the NFL teams in one Twitter feed. That's LockedOnNFL.net on Twitter. Check that out today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Now, the topic that I want to hit real quick, uh, because, you know, I just can't let it go. Marlon Mack uh, ran better than he's run all season last week. And I know that obviously we've seen what this defense uh, in Kansas City can allow. How difficult do you feel it is to get them out of that particular game plan in, in trying to replicate that? And is it just about building a lead in that first quarter? You go first, Chris. Mm. <laughs> Rut row. Uh, no, I really do think that if they can get a lead early, I think that'll really take them out of the game plan. But Ryan, you and I already talked about this. That's kind of where I think it comes from is that if you look at this game, if Kansas City starts with the ball and they score a touchdown, great. Uh, if Indianapolis starts with the ball and they can get them at least stopped without scoring a touchdown, I think they're in great shape. But if they can get to where they're up two scores, that changes the game plan that the Colts are going to have to play. Uh, and the deeper you can get into the game up two scores, up three scores, uh, the better it's going to be for them. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but, uh, they're not going to be able to run the ball, which is, I think the Achilles heel of this defense. I don't worry about teams running the ball. I don't, I just don't. <laughs> You're so new age. I am. I am. I, I just, I've been presented, you know, some of the analytics guys at the athletic have showed me the numbers. And now here's the, here's the important thing to remember with numbers. And we've talked about this. It's kind of like the, the, the field of medicine, just because a certain rash is something 90% of the time. And the reason I use rash is because my son Cole had eczema and he got misdiagnosed. So not because I have some weird rash or anything. Okay. Um, You're making me itch. Yes, but just because something is one thing 90% of the time, that doesn't necessarily mean anything to the individual situation, right? Every game is different. And so just because something is true, and that's the problem with the analytics field, is that they take something and it's true 81% of the time, and so then that's the thing you should do every time. And I don't agree with that, just to be fi- just to be clear. However, I've just seen way too many convincing numbers that, for one, time of possession isn't necessarily linked to running the ball. It's it's linked to first downs. If you get a bunch of first downs, you are going to dominate time of possession. If your defense plays well, you're going to dominate time of possession. The thing that I'm concerned about is the Colts defense against the Chiefs offense. Because if the Chiefs score and they do well, the, the, the Colts, unless they are somehow able to run the ball better than any team has run the ball all year on the Chiefs, it's not going to matter unless their defense does really well. So like, say, for example, you know, the Chargers game that the Chiefs lost that, that in my opinion, the Chiefs didn't lose because the Chargers run the, ran the ball well. They lost because the defense couldn't stop Phil Rivers on third and fourth down on two consecutive drives to seal the game. And so for me, I just don't worry about that stuff with the game plan, that kind of stuff. The Chiefs, if they, if their offense does their thing, no running team in the league can keep up with them. And so that to me is, is, it, I think it's a, how does Joey Tribbiani say? It's a moo point. It's like a cow's opinion. Doesn't matter. It's moo. Moo. <laughs> it's the best I could do for you. But let me ask you this, because I know how Chris feels. So if you're not worried about that at all, which I still think you're wrong, but you know, we'll argue all off season about that. Right. Uh, I do agree with the first down point though. Um, so what are you worried about? What's like, pick one matchup in particular that you're worried about. I am worried about the uh the the Chiefs pass rush against the Colts offensive line. I the Chiefs have a great pass rush, but when they haven't been able to effectively uh get after the passer, they've gotten just totally destroyed against good quarterbacks and Andrew Luck is a good quarterback. So I I'm afraid of that entire matchup and I'm afraid of that matchup forcing 
the Chiefs into a gotta score every possession game because they have not, I mean, they've done well in a few of those, right? They beat Pittsburgh like that. They beat Oakland like that, crazily enough. Um, they, they've won a few of those games, but they've lost some of those games too. I don't like, I don't like that matchup. That matchup makes me nervous. Um, and I'm, I'm worried about the Chiefs offensive line. They came to, they, they played a really good game against the Raiders, but prior to that, they had been just doing terrible. And let's face it, the Raiders pass rush is awful. So those are two things that really, really worry me a lot. Let me ask you a question. Since we have covered this team for the past five years, we've watched a lot of playoff futility and a lot of um, <laughs> playoff mishaps. Yeah. But this would be the first time that I think that I can honestly say that I would take the Chiefs quarterback against anybody else in the playoffs. Absolutely. And that's a game changer right there. Um, Ryan, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And it's funny, especially given uh, what Andrew Luck's done, what the Indianapolis Colts have done in general against this Chiefs team over the years. There's a lot of uh, a lot of ghosts of playoff games past lurking out there for Chiefs Kingdom, and I think it's it's the best chance they've had to get that off of their back. Yep, yep. And here's the here's the beautiful thing for me. And you know, last year I said before the playoff game because I remember, I believe this was before I was kind of part of the crew. I was a guest with you guys. And I said, I feel like the Chiefs are playing with house money because we knew the Patrick Mahomes era was going to start. And so to me, it's like, hey, if they make a run with Alex Smith, great. But if not, well, who cares? Now, because they chose to lose in such excruciating fashion, (laughs) it kind of (laughs) kind of didn't feel like they were playing with house money. This year, and this is just my opinion, this is a similar feeling for a lot of Chiefs fans, at least it should be, because I was one of the few people, and hey, hang on, let me pat my own back here for a second. I was one well of the done, few well people done. saying, thank you, uh, as, 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 <laughs> as, as friend of the show, uh, Ben Albright says, the ball's not going to spike itself, Ryan. Um, so I, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I was one of the few people that was saying, I think they could compete for a Super Bowl this year. I genuinely do. And, but most people felt like this was, you know, 2019 is the year, right? You gear up, takes two years to restock a defense that bad. Of course, it was worse this year, but whatever. And then compete in 2019. I personally think in a way they're playing with house money a little bit just because they have Mahomes. They are a contender every single year because they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm 100% with you on that. They are playing with house, house money this year. I will admit I completely thought that 2019 was going to be the year that they would step forward, not 2018. So I'm with you in that fact. And I have no comment. I think I do think if the Chiefs lose another home playoff game, though, it's only going to further enrage the fan base, even a fan base that before the season, most of them weren't expecting playoffs. You know what I mean? This is a building year. This is the training wheels used for Patrick Mahomes. I do think that despite everything that's happened this year, top five offense, all that stuff, all it'll take is a loss, especially to the Colts. And I think a lot of people are going to view this season as a failure. And so the pressure really is on for the Chiefs because let's say they win and then they go to the AFC Championship and lose. Most of the vibe I think is going to be, hey, great season with a first-year starter. If uh, If they lose to the Colts again, well, maybe a different vibe. Could be. That's for sure. And we're going to do our part to not let that happen, folks. So make sure you tune in tomorrow because 
We have even more for you. We're going to talk with Jake Arthur, the reporter from Colts.com, who covers that team in depth every day. Uh, we have more shows for you. Seth will be back on Thursday. We're going to cover film and uh, maybe find some exploits that we can conversate about. We appreciate all of your time. And if you're new here, make sure you hit that subscribe on whatever podcast platform you happen to use. Uh, we appreciate your time. Fellas, thanks for doing this, Seth. Uh, Particularly for you, after healing up from your surgery, I hope you are back to 100. I'm feeling better every single every single day, and so I I'm, I'm I, I think people might be able to hear it. I, I'm doing a lot better than I was uh, when, when I appeared last week. Yeah, I can definitely hear a change in your voice, and glad you're feeling better, buddy. Uh, and I do want to give a quick shout out and thank you. We just hit 5,000 followers on Twitter, so thank you for that as well. Ooh, nice, well done. And whatever plans, thoughts you have about this particular game, whether you're a Colts fan or a Chiefs fan, hit at Locked on Chiefs on Twitter, and we will try to uh, see if we can talk you out of whatever you're thinking. So <laughs> uh, we appreciate your time. Fellas, thanks for being with us, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube. Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.